Welcome to the MTB Tribe Podcast, your trail map for the world of mountain biking. And now, I'll introducing your host, Gareth Beckett. Hi there, mountain bikers. Thanks for being here and welcome to episode number 90 of the MTB Tribe Podcast. I'm here, as always, to help you find out more about mountain biking, how to get on the trails, keep you stoked, and hopefully learn a little more about mountain biking and the people involved. So thanks so much for tuning in and thanks for being here. I really do appreciate you guys downloading and listening to the the podcast. It's why I'm here at the end of the day is to get you guys off sofas and onto saddles and hopefully encourage more people onto the bike and out on the trails and enjoy some fresh air and good times with me. It's, it's uh, always good to see guys out doing that. Now on to today's show. We're chatting with Leah Monsell, the Irish National Ladies Enduro Champion. It was great to get Leah on the show because she's such an up-and-coming star um, and she's uh, such a cool girl and does a lot of good stuff for the mountain biking scene and uh, it, it was awesome to get her on because she still is racing under 21s but she's taking the start of her season by storm she's winning everything she's uh, looking unbeatable at the minute and um, she's had a great great history started biking very very young she's won you know four national championships in her first five years at xc she's now concentrating a wee bit more enduro um, she's the national enduro champion five times it's just crazy what this young lady is doing so we chat to her about how she got started in mountain biking how she had no choice but to really go fast because her brother, who also races in the EWS, kind of kicked her down the hill in front of him. And we get into that a wee bit. We chat to her about why she started racing. We chat to her about how she got her sponsorship. She's been sponsored by Kona since day one. We chat to her about stuff like that, about how other sponsors help, etc. And, you know, family support to Leah is so so important and we chat about that a wee bit the role her family plays and what she's doing we also chat about her plans for the rest of the season and why she is concentrating on racing so much we also chat to her about entering the elites chat to her a wee bit about that even though she's not concentrating on that too much at the minute um, but we chat to her about how she feels about that and what that step kind of means to her we also chat to her about ladies getting involved in mountain biking because it is a big topic and she's got some great info for any young inspiring girls out there how to get sponsored or how to get in involved in the racing scene so do check that out so without further ado let me stop talking and let leah get on to the mtb tribe podcast Hi Leah, welcome to the MTB Tribe Podcast. Thanks so much for joining us today. How's things in your world? Good, good, good. Thanks for having me. You're more than welcome for for coming on. It's it's great to have you on the show. And um, you're based, uh, you're in Cork. Yeah, I'm Cork, Southern Ireland. Happy days. Now, you, you mountain bike, but why did you not start surfing when you lived in Cork? That's a great spot for it. Um, I actually live in North Cork, so <laughs> the beach is probably like well over an hour away, probably an hour and a half, and I guess the mountains were just a little bit closer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. That was good stuff. Um, so you're you're having a great season. There's a lot happening. The uh, the Irish race season's just crazy at the minute. Yeah, I think there was like a few weeks there, like five or six weeks where you could have done a race every week for like six weeks in a row so it's pretty hectic here if you want it to be yeah it's it's nuts and you know i had a guy on the podcast last week and he spent a couple of years he lived he's from uh, he's from sicily um now he lives in new zealand but he spent a couple of years living in ireland um dublin and then cork and um he it wasn't really massively into mountain biking at that stage, but he didn't think there was any mountain biking at all in Ireland. And just look at it now. Yeah, it's I think it's really grown in the last few years. And I think like the fact that we have a few people like successful and breaking into like the world circuits, like with Downhill and Enduro, that it's just encouraging more and more people. Like the more coverage we're getting for our country and bringing the world Enduro here, I think it's kind of since then it's really taken off. Yeah, I think it's I think it's amazing for you know for such a small country, and for the population and all that you know we have so many hard hitters in that scene. It's just unreal. 
yeah like I think for what we've got as well like as regards like the mountains and I think we work pretty well with what we have so mm-hmm, for sure so we'll get into a few things we'll chat about um obviously your racing and and the EWS um and all that you're still under 21s um so we'll chat and we'll get into all that because you're having a pretty awesome season but um i want to know firstly how did you get into mountain biking in the start well i guess it was i think i just turned 20 and i started when i was about 11 so it's about nine years and it kind of coincides with Ballyhara trail center i think this year was its 10th year Mm. like i live about 15 minutes away from there and i i have an older brother and my dad they kind of, I guess they wanted to know what it was all about, like what was this new trail centre, like what, are, what is mountain biking, and they had mountain bikes at the time, you know, just ones that you'd have like yourself, and mm-hmm. went up, and they really, really enjoyed it, and they got to know people really quickly, and next thing there was a group, and it just became a thing, and it was that year for Christmas, I got a mountain bike, and to be honest, I don't know, was it really my choice? <laughs> <laughs> and, I just started to be brought along on almost adventures like because at that stage they'd been doing it for a bit and my brother had started racing and the boys kind of they started doing XC races and like it was either you go and you do it or you just get left behind so I was like well I want to start and I want to go do it so I think we just started and we clearly haven't stopped since so no so it was your dad and your brother that that kind of pushed you into it um so what age is your what age is your brother jonathan um i think he's 26 now so yeah right okay and so he's only been racing himself for 10 11 years yeah i'd say so he started off in xc and then he kind of figured that downhill was a bit more fun pretty quickly and then enduro came so he's done all of them really <laughs> yeah yeah happy days and can you remember when you got that bike can you remember what your first bike was um it was like i don't know was it even from halfords like it was just <laughs> yes. we weren't really investing any money in the beginning and it was like a scorpion or something but i kind of like it was a hardtail and I kind of quickly grew out of it and I got my first like proper bike that I remember that I was like racing on was a giant Anthem, a full suspension like so. Mm-hmm. And was that more XC orientated or? Yeah, like 100 mil of travel, yeah. <laughs> All right, so that's interesting and I know you've been very successful in XC as well. Um, so when did you first start to compete then? How long had you been riding before you started to compete? Um, I think it was actually like, almost like within a year like that I started racing because like at that time here there was like we had a monster cross-country series and there was like so many XC races going on and it was kind of like a provincial like local enough series and I started doing that and then like at the time like there wasn't really I started when I was under 12 and there wasn't like girls and boys categories like there is now Mm-hmm. So I was in with the boys and like down here at the time wasn't massive and it was like a lot bigger in the national series so I think I started doing that like really really early and there was a good crew and like there was could have been like I'd say five of us fighting for the top spot like all the time so it was like really competitive and just really good atmosphere like. Mm-hmm. And was there any other ladies at that time racing? Um, there would have been a lot of like ladies in the older categories, but like I was only like eleven, twelve, so I was still under twelve, and there wasn't really many in my category. Aye, so you were the only girl really at that time, were you? Yeah, kind of. But like as I went up, then like under fourteen, under sixteen, it did start to grow. But in the beginning, I don't think there was. Mm-hmm. So you had no? Did you have no school friends or anything like that that got interested in it and came along with you? You had none of that, really. No, nothing. Like it's it's kind of still the same like I don't really have too many people too locally that I would be able to go out with oh really oh that's a that's a pity because I was wanting to know what the scene was like then you know and I know we're only talking like what eight years ago or something or nine years ago yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but you would expect more girls to be doing it and stuff um and normally it's friends that get you involved and all this kind of thing. So you had no friends really 
pushing each other? Is it none of that happening? No, not really. But like, not girls, but I mean, there's plenty of boys around. Like you've got, like yeah, I'm in my local club, Team Ballyhower. Like we've plenty of young enough lads, and even the older lads. Like everyone, everyone's pushing each other, and there's still like there's plenty of people to hang out with, but just not women. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and do you know Wee Oshin? Yeah. Uh, he's in. He would be in your team then, I suppose. There, eh? yeah. Or your cl- your club. Cool. All right. So uh, your your father and obviously got you, you know, interested in it and stuff like that. Now, do you think it's very important that your family is involved? And, you know, do you think you'd have gotten to where you are now if you hadn't your brother and your your father's support? No, like I think 100 percent like they probably like they obviously got me into it and they've kept me going and like there's only the four of us so like while my mom doesn't ride bikes like she's still really involved like she'll come to most of the races um she obviously she feeds us she washes our clothes like it's a lot of behind the scenes that a lot of people don't know about but we probably couldn't do it without her either so she's the team manager pretty much yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah and um your brother Jonathan there, as you as you mentioned, he rides elites in the EWS and stuff. Has that helped you? How much has that helped you that your brother's a very, very capable rider as well? Yeah, like loads, especially with racing because, I mean, like he was doing it longer than me and just even like if we go to a race or whatever, like he'll like slow down a little bit, let me follow him, like show me any lines or just it's really handy to have like people around like that so mm-hmm. yeah and and do you just would you just travel to the races together and stuff yeah like um most of like the last few summers now he has a van it's like converted into like a camper mm-hmm. so we'll go out to europe for like three weeks or whatever like this year there's two of the ews's back to back so we're gonna drive out he's gonna drive me out to those two and he's also gonna do them so Mm-hmm. very good and will will your father and mum and stuff go to that as well or um no i think they're gonna give those two a skip dad came out to madeira at me there so i think he needs to stay at home and work for a bit <laughs> <laughs> yeah for sure and like how um how are your parents do they really like that you're into the biking thing are they are they really supportive yeah like 100 percent. i think they realize that i could be doing like stuff that's a lot worse and well it might be a lot of like having to deal with injuries or like a lot of financial costs and stuff I think they just don't care like it's they know that we love it and they enjoy it as well so it's all part of the family now at this stage <laughs> yeah because it can get quite expensive you know if you were to race every weekend with with um fees and entrance fees and just traveling and staying it gets really really expensive yeah and i think like we're down here like we're in the south and this year it's a bit better but like our series like it's kind of just the way it falls like most of the competitions would be around the dublin wicklow area so like every event that we go to like there's an overnight accommodation cost and obviously like bringing the big fans up a bit of diesel like everything it's it's not really the cheapest for us, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it gets expenses. Uh, and especially if you're wanting to race every weekend, um, it's not the cheapest thing to do, yeah? No, I think my brother was saying there that he went, he's done like pretty much, I think he did five or six weeks in a row. And like, he's just kind of, it was like, he was hitting him the other day, like the amount of money that he spent just in the last few weeks, just from going to all those races. So you don't think about it at the time, but. After a while, it does start to add up. Yeah, for sure. And do you look at that as just a hobby expense, or are you hoping that it pans out for something a wee bit later in the future? You know, is it all part of the the journey kind of thing? Yeah, I guess that's the dream for everyone, really, that you start off like this, and then eventually it'll become a job, maybe, so... Yeah, so you're in the apprenticeship phase at the minute. Hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> cool. All right. Well, let's chat about some of your results, Leah, because um, you've had plenty of good ones. Um, now, let's chat a wee bit about the XC thing first, because are you are you the national champion four times? Is that right? 
Yeah, I think so, but I haven't done it now for a while. I think the last one was probably like 2016 or 2017, I'd say. Okay, cool. But you were really successful in that initially. You had been competing for three or four years and you had won, you know, two or three of the championships out of those years. Yeah, and I think, like, at the time, like, Enduro wasn't a thing here. Like, it was XE and I was really into it. But, like, as soon as Enduro kind of hit the Irish scene, like, I did kind of get distracted. Like, I did do the odd few on my XE bike <laughs> in the beginning. And I just remember we went to the European Champs in Austria for XE. I think it was, like, 2013. And I think the Irish National Champs, the Enduro Champs, were on that same weekend. And I remember, like, I'd finished my race and all I wanted to do was look up the results for that. Like, it was just... <laughs> it was just... <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah it, well it maybe just sit at you a wee bit better um because you've obviously stepped into that arena now and you're national irish enduro champion how many times have you won that now i think it's five five yeah i think 2014 i think and then every year since wow that's impressive and that's elite because we don't have, like, we don't have age categories for um, women here. It's just elite women. Yeah. So you're up against me of Baxter and you're just riding against all the other ladies there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> wow. But you are a very tight, you're a very, very tight community. You ladies, you all enjoy it. You have good laughs, whether you come first or whether you come last. It seems to be just a really really good scene yeah 100 percent. like and everyone's there to help each other like even there's a group on facebook and it's called ladies who shred and it's just like every irish woman who has a mountain bike and it's so encouraging like seeing everybody just like there's a downhill race and breed this weekend and like everyone's just encouraging people like I think they're going camping, like a bit of bonding the night before, and it's just, like, it's so encouraging to see. So I think the scene's going to grow. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty amazing. And I had Maeve on the podcast um, a few weeks ago. Um, like, how supportive is Maeve to you? Will will she help you with anything you need? Or Yeah, I think when I started, like, my one of my, like, strongest memories of Maeve was I was going out to do the Enduro World Series, and there's a rule in Europe that you have to wear a back protector mm-hmm. and at one of the early rounds like years ago um, it was sponsored by Bluegrass and she won a back protector and she already had one and like I think she just knew that I was going to need one and she gave it to me and like I was wearing that back protector up until last year I'd say so, like just she's been really helpful from the beginning and she has all the experience and she wasn't afraid to share it so yeah she's such a legend huh yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I'm I'm sure coming up through the scene, you know, you you look up to ladies like Maeve and it, you know encourages you to ride faster and and ride harder, and um, it's really good. It's just a good good community here. Yeah, I think it goes for like just anyone in the Irish community, like at any of the national rounds, like it's just a load of crack. Like that's all it is. Like there's no. Like, obviously, people do end up getting serious, but, like, I think it's two minutes before your run. Like, there's no stigma. Like, everyone's chatting going up the hills. Like, it's just, it's really good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And do you like that about enduro? Do you like the more social thing about the enduro races? Yeah, 100%. Like, I was even thinking that, um, like, when we go over to the Enduro World Series, like, obviously it's serious and you've got to take it seriously but like it's just so much fun like there's a crew of the girls um like I call them my GB gang like they're just (laughs) all of them they're all we're all similar ages like we practice together in Madeira like we're gonna end up racing against each other at the end of the day but it's just having the crack a few days practice together like meeting up in the evenings it's just yeah, it's cool. And I think the enduro, the way it's laid out is really cool because you can, on on the uphills, you can be chatting and have a bit of fun. And then, as you say, two minutes before you go and you drop down, then, you know, the 
the head comes on and the com- the competition head comes on. So it's really nice the way it's laid out like that. Yeah, like definitely. And even I think like it's a weekend as well. Like it's not just everyone knows that there's two days to the enduros or whatever. And like there's no, everyone's there to help each other. Even during the race, they like if you got a puncture or anything, like no one's going to leave you behind. Like everyone's trying to help each other and we're all in it together. Like so. Mm-hmm. yeah very cool very cool all right let's chat a wee bit about your season so far this year um so the grassroots enduro in cork uh you came first then at the vitus first tracks enduro in ravensdale you came first <laughs> <laughs> and then the gravity enduro in the first two rounds you, you won both those is that correct yeah wow okay so you're uh you're doing very very well now the grassroots in Jerome Cork, that's your local trail, I take it, yeah? Yeah, it's actually probably the closest trail to my house, but it's probably one that I don't ride too often, but I think we need to start going there more often. It was like a place that um, used to be used a lot for like motocross enduros, and the club in Cork kind of like they took it upon themselves, like they had a few trails, and it kind of before that there was trails there, but no one was kind of looking after them so they get a bit overgrown or whatever but this grassroots enduro series is like brought back trails like that like those boys were there and they really worked on it and it was actually used in the series two years ago I think um but it was like it was still really good trails but they had like more kind of road in it like you know to joint link up sections there'd be a bit of fire road or maybe a slide up it and, like, they just really improved those trails this year to be, like, really gravity. Like, they were so good. And it was, it's just, like, there's no trail centre or anything there. So it's just all natural trails. And it's just so good. So we've been back a few times since. And I'm sure we'll keep going back. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I was watching Robert's footage from Freewheeling. And um, th- that day was really warm. Yeah. Like and we're really lucky this year with all most of the Irish races, like we've had pretty good weather. Mm-hmm. That looked amazing, and especially that gully section. Um, it just looked unreal, and there were so many people there and cheering, cheering you on, and um, obviously there was a lot of good riders at, at that event and stuff. Um, so tell us a wee bit about that trail. Is it? It's all natural, I take it, quite rooty and quite soft yeah and like the grassroots enduro series i'm not sure if you know but it's like there's three stages in each event and you can do them as many times as you want so like most people will get in two loops of the course so like you can do the stage twice like if you go down and it's blind so like you might take some people might take the approach of going down their first runs kind of handy like getting to look at the trails get to know Mm -hmm and then go back up and like race them properly or like it's a really good event and it's like it's still a race but it's kind of more of a a local kind of scene like it's not too serious like it's such good crack and like that people are coming back up to do more laps like they're stopping and watching like that gully like I even had I had my granny and my mom there and I think my granny got her hands on some cowbells and she was just letting loose at the bottom of the gully, like ringing these bells and it's just things like that. Yeah, that that's pretty, that's cool. That's awesome to see that, that support. That's, that's amazing. Um, now the Ravensdale one, which you also won the Vettis first tracks, you wrote that blind. Tell us a wee bit about that. Um, yeah, so there's kind of a few reasons, but I think my main reason is because, like, when I go out to NEWS, like, I haven't, I've probably never been to the venue before. Um, like, you're two days practicing the trails and two days racing, and, like, it's two days apart. Like, you might practice day one on Thursday and race it on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Like, no matter how hard I try, like, be doing the whole thing on a GoPro and trying to learn it off. Like, there's just no way that I'm going to remember eight stages, like, the full thing, like, knowing what's going to come up around every corner. So I've kind of taken it that if I do some blind races that I just have to learn how to ride quickly, like, regardless of whether I know what's coming or not. So I started to do it with, like, a few rounds last year. And then 
I did it with that one this year and I think I think it's working so yeah so you've done that on purpose you're you're yeah. blind on purpose yeah whose idea was it to do that then um well it was actually my dad's idea originally I wasn't too keen but I think I'm getting used to it now and like why you might have an extra crash or an extra mistake like you do learn to come out of it quicker because you don't know what's coming like and you have to keep your speed there could be a climb around the next corner like you just never know so yeah that is really intelligent to be honest that is that is really good to do it like that you know you're doing your local your local um comps here like that and then obviously it's learning you to do the ews like that um that's very smart uh gee and it's obviously working for you yeah <laughs> i <don't> know <laughs> <laughs> i'm sure it's quite scary but yeah you know if you're not going to remember the whole trail which would be unbelievably hard and difficult to do if you haven't been there before um yeah, I can see how that can work. That's very interesting. Yeah, I did go to fall and rain and say on the last stage and lost a lot of time. So <laughs> blame your dad for that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, well let's chat a wee bit about the EWS then. Um, so you raced in it last year and you came third overall. Is that correct? Yeah. Tell us, tell us a wee bit about going to that. Was that your first year in the EWS? No, so the EWS came to Ireland for three years in a row. Yeah. And the first year, like before, when you wanted to enter an EWS, it was a lot different to now. Like now they brought in like a qualifying, they brought in like qualifying rounds. And I think you have to have a certain amount of points before you can get in. But at the time it was like um, reserved riders. So like if you were like the ranked the top in a country or you'd previously done them and had an EWS ranking, you got like an early entry, like it was like you got a link in an email um, pre-registration to enter it. And I had gotten one of those emails because I was national champion at the time. And I went to enter it thinking, wow, like I'm going to do this world event. And I put in my date of birth and it was like invalid because <laughs> I was too young. Oh. So I was just one year too young and... I really wanted to do it like because it was the first time coming to Ireland and so I talked to Niall about it, Niall Davis, because he was running the event and between himself and Chris Ball, um, I was allowed in just because of my results. So I got to race that event one year, like premature almost, and I actually mm -hmm. ended up winning the event, which was incredible. Like, <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. What year was that then? um 2015 i think right very good and and so you have competed in all the irish ones since then yeah so that was my first round that year i only did that one and then 2016 i'm not sure if i did any more either i might have done maybe one more and then it was only last year really i started to do a couple more i think i'd only done like two or more every year until last year i did three I think only because I was doing my leaving cert so they were just the ones that fell like late in the summer that were still in Europe so they were easy mm -hmm. to cool uh pretty pretty cool story in all fairness um how do you how do you find that bigger stage so you've went to Madeira this year for the EWS how did you go on in Madeira um, it wasn't really my best ever race. Um, I raced on the Saturday. I woke up on the Saturday like not feeling great at all. Like, and I didn't know really what was wrong. Like, I kind of felt sick. But like when I woke up in the morning, like I do get kind of nervous the morning before a race. So I kind of just thought it was like bad nerves. And as I went on during the day, like I just felt really sick. And I honestly thought I was just going to puke in my helmet all day. Mm. I got through it like I just tried to push through the day because I thought it might pass and I'd be a bit disappointed on the Sunday if I wasn't racing so I got like advice got some stuff into me and like I woke up the next I could not sleep that night like I woke up every few hours and 
I woke up on the Sunday morning feeling a bit better, but like I was so drained. Like I hadn't eaten because I just couldn't keep anything down. And I kind of got going, like I got a bit of food into me and I got going on Sunday, but it just, I just wasn't me. Like I just didn't have any energy. But I just really wanted to do it because, like, it's an experience and every world and joy that you go to is so different. And it's just, like, you're just learning all the time. Like, that's all I can describe it as, just a massive learning experience. So mm-hmm. just to get through it is an achievement, really. <laughs> yeah, for for sure. And, um, like, how do you find that bigger stage? Do you find it very different from the the home stages as such? Yeah, like, it's kind of crazy because... Like, this one wasn't so bad, but, like, in previous years, like, you could be racing 20-minute stages, and, like, your total time for a, a gravity draw here could be, like, less than 15 minutes. So, like, your one stage over there is more than your weekends racing here, and, like, you could have a total time. I think in the two last year, my total racing time was over an hour. Mm-hmm. So it's just, like, it's, it's crazy. But I guess... It's something that we're not used to, but we we still love. Like we'd love to have it. We just don't have the mountains here, and like the trails are just so good. Like I don't think you could complain about it. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. And you know, do you find traveling abroad, traveling to Europe and stuff? Do you find that difficult, or is it something you're getting a wee bit more used to? Yeah, I know it's like you get used to it, and. I think most of the other times, like, it's pretty easy to get out there, but Madeira was probably the most difficult we've had to do because you can't, well, you couldn't fly from Dublin to Madeira direct, so we had to get two flights, and there was just a long stopover, so, like, it took us, I think I timed it on the way back, and it was, like, 14 hours or more or something travel time, so it's just... For a couple hours on a plane, like it made the day very long with the stopover, but yeah, it's difficult, and it's not the best way to prepare for a race, really. You know, yeah. uh, <laughs> with all that travel. So, did you just go over on what day did you just fly over then? Well, I kind of made a mistake because I had my college exams to do, um, and when I booked Madeira, I didn't know when my exam dates were but I was given like a rough time of like a two-week period that they were on and the second week of the exams was scheduled for the whole week of Madeira so I uh, booked my flight as late as I could so I booked it for the Tuesday so we didn't actually get there until Tuesday night because it took so long to get there but I actually ended up finishing my exams before that so we could have gone out the Monday maybe but just gotta learn (laughs) yeah it's difficult you know uh that's yeah that's crazy and you know being in madeira and being around all them world-class riders do you get a lot of experience from being around those guys and watching them ride and watching the lines they take and stuff yeah like 100 percent. and even like i finished i kind of start pretty early in the day so like when i'm finished i can still see the top women and top 30 men come down so like I take that opportunity I'll go back up and maybe watch the end of the last stage because while we're practicing at the same time and on the same tracks like it's different watching people practice and racing like it's just like the speed and just the lines and how people approach it it's just it's pretty good to watch and you can definitely learn stuff from it Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'm sure. I'm sure it's quite in, inspiring being around all those riders and and seeing what they're doing and maybe giving you ideas about how you can change and do things slightly differently. Yeah, and like everyone's really helpful. Again, like it's it's helpful here and there. Seeing and when you go over there, like it's it's no different really. And like all the women, like they're not afraid to come up and have a chat, or you can you could ask them anything really. And like I especially found that when I started and Tracy Mosley was still on the scene, like she really helped me. And I met her first at the the first round, the first time that the World Enduro came to Ireland. And I actually ended up going over to the UK and doing um like their UK Gravity Enduro series with her in Eastridge. And I spent that whole weekend with her. Like um I think it was 2016, the year that the Olympics was on and. 
we went, we did the whole training, like the practice day and she went with me and like showed me all of her lines, like everything. And I, like I was racing in the same category with her mm-hmm. and she still helped me so much. And that night we stayed in our camp for watching the Olympics and everything. Like it was just an experience and it was the first time I ever got to, well, the only time that I ever got to share a podium with her. So I was, she came first, so I shared a podium with a world champion, and second was actually Becky Cook, who's now full-time on the world circuit, and then I came third, so like, I think I learned so much that weekend that I'm still using. Yeah, it's amazing, and do you look up to any of the elites at the minute? Is there anybody you really look up to or follow, or? Yeah, like, I don't think you could not look up to Cecile, like, she's she's been there, she's done it all, and unfortunately she's injured now but I hope she'll be back soon and like I think this year if you look up the world enduro results like you'll see how tight it is like all of the women the women really like they're all fighting for it and I think you just gotta look up to that like everyone's really pushed on and the level has just it's it's crazy like this year just a few seconds like the top 10 is just so close and everyone's fighting for it and I think it's inspirational in itself Mm. And and does that make you more motivated to be better? Yeah, definitely. Like you see all those people and like they're living the life like really. <laughs> it's their job. And I think if that's not motivation enough. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, cool. And what uh, what have you planned for the EWS series this season? Which ones are you attending or what are you hoping to get to? Well, I've entered all of the European ones, so obviously Madeira. Um, then there's some. There's one at the end of June in Italy, and then the week after in France. Mm-hmm. And the end of the season, it comes back to Europe for Switzerland. And I've also entered for California, but like at the moment, my budget isn't really allowing me to do that. But I would really love to do it and get a proper ranking for the whole series. So. Yeah. Well. You- Maybe speak nicely to your sponsors or something. <laughs> um, yeah, th- that's cool. So, um, are you going? You're obviously going to the Irish Enduro Championships in Ravensdale at the end of the month, are you? The yeah. End of, the end of June, that is, isn't it? Yeah, and the EWS in Italy is actually the week after, so it's yeah. got a tight, <laughs> a tight squeeze to get over there because we're driving out. So. We're going to spend the next half of that week in the van trying to drive across Europe to get to that. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, that'll be tough. Yeah, but it'll be good. It'll be a great experience. Yeah. So next year, then, you're entering the elites. Is that correct? Yeah, it's kind of scary. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us a wee bit about that. How how are you feeling about that? Um. Well, I think... I just for now like haven't really thought about it like it's my last year in under 21 and I just want to do as best as I possibly can because like it's my last shot for a world title in this category and I think it's going to take a while once I get up to elite like to be up to that pace because those girls are just on another level at the top there so I think I just plenty of work and hopefully one day I'll get there. <laughs> yeah certainly and do you enter the season so did you enter this season with any set goals or any plan put in place? Yeah, I guess like last year I came third in the series and I only did three rounds and I was doing my leaving cert. So this year, like, obviously, I only want to improve on that. And I think if I do enough rounds and if I'm if I get lucky with them and I perform the way I know I can, I think the world title is definitely in my sights. But you just never know. <laughs> yeah, it's tough. There's so many variables that can happen to to choose those things. But yeah, you're you're giving it the you're giving it the opportunity that it needs. I think so. Um, hopefully, that goes really well for you. Yeah. Cheers. Um, let's chat a wee bit about motivation and training then, uh, and that kind of thing. Um, so now a wee bit off topic, but um, let's chat about school. So you're only you're only twenty. Um, what are your plans with school then? If you go elite next year, what are your plans with school? Um, well, right now I've 
just finished my first year of a four-year course. So I guess I'm going to, like, try to keep going with that for as long as I can. And if I get to a point where I feel that it's getting in the way, I guess I can always take a gap year. But for now, I'm going to try to go with it and see if I can manage it. <laughs> yeah, it's so tough for the young ones coming through to just to balance everything you know the commitment that you need and the motivation that you need to race almost every weekend you're training everything else and do school and your social side of life you know how do you find that motivation how do you find that balance but i guess i'm pretty lucky in that i've got a sports scholarship to the university of limerick where i'm studying now so like they're pretty helpful like i mean like I got some of my exams switched around so that I could get to Madeira and like they're just really helpful. So I think I've got as much support as I need as regards like university work and that. So I think it's just up to me to manage the rest really. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's difficult, I'm sure. I'm sure your your schedule's pretty full. Um, and, you know, do, do you stay motivated quite easily or how do you motivate yourself to you know go to the gym or go out riding when you maybe just don't feel like it um I think like racing like the more you race like the more motivated or unmotivated that you can get so I think like when you have a space of good results like it is motivating as in like you're getting the reward but sometimes like after Madeira I did find myself in a bit of a slump because I just didn't have the best weekend and it's hard to come from that then like I had the gravity intro the weekend after and like there's people going to be asking you about those things and like you do want like I know there's so many people behind me and like you have to think of those people motivating you but you don't want to disappoint anyone either but I think it's just you know that if you put the work in like you are going to get it out so I think that's the biggest motivator really mm-hmm. yeah and um I think that's a good, healthy way to look at it as well. Um, you know, so do you do any gym training? What does your training schedule look like? Yeah, I guess like I don't really have like a as such like a massive strict training regime. Like it's a lot of like I do gym work and I do ride my bike and like there's a lot of like I do what I meant to do and I do a lot of fun things too. Like it's not it's not overly stressful or like mad like I get it done and we do have fun like I have people to come out with me like my brother is pretty much trying to do the same thing as me so like we were out last night practicing a few bits and he does skills coaching so like pretty much have all I need there like he's we were doing some cornering last night and just things like that I think you need to mix it up and have a bit of fun with it too or else it could get a bit draining so yeah yeah so your schedule doesn't look like up at six in the morning in the gym for an hour an hour and a bit go to do school work come home do social stuff go out in the bike it's not as regimented as that is it no not too much and like at the moment i just got my summer holiday so like i have all day to be doing that stuff and it's just there's plenty of time to fit it in so <laughs> oh well that's good that's good because i think sometimes you know when you're young um things can get quite serious quite quickly and you can almost lose the fun aspect of it you know it just becomes almost like a chore rather than something you enjoy doing and i think a lot of people when it gets to that stage can maybe fall off a wee bit they just they just stop you know enjoying it they they don't get the love out of it that they used to and you're so you're not feeling that at all you're still motivated and still really enjoy it yeah, I think I'm that type of person who doesn't like doing the stuff that I don't want to do. Like, if I don't want to do it, I just won't do it. So <laughs> I think I have to keep it fun. Or <laughs> yeah, I, th- like, I, th- I think that's the best way, to be honest. If you lose this fun and enjoyment for it, then what's the point, really? Yeah, I know. And, like, it's like I have all the support here. Like, and we have our club spins, like, on a Thursday night and, you know like I'm gonna save myself for that maybe go out a bit early because it's just it's really good fun like all the local trails with all the boys and the dust and like just nights like that like they get you going through the week so 
Mm-hmm. Are you a wee bit nervous when you join the go to the elites that that might change a little? Yeah, I think like it is a bit more serious up there. And like even my brother was saying there that like this year and the gravity enduro, he thinks that's really stepped up. Like everyone's up the top and like while they're still having the crack going up the hills, like it did turn pretty serious up the top. Everyone was doing their warm ups, they were watching their GoPros and like the level is tighter. Like it is tight at the top and you do need to do everything that you can. But I think I'm looking forward to that. Like, so... Yeah, cool. That'll be a that'll be a good challenge for you. I'm sure you'll you'll fit in straight away. Happy days. Um, so okay, let's chat a wee bit about your sponsors then, because I know sponsors help and stuff like that. Um, so first off, what is Team Monsel? Can you tell us a bit about that? Um, I guess it's just a thing that me and my brother started, and it's just the two of us. But I think our dad's trying to join in on the fun now because. <laughs> He's in the uh, over 50s category and he's got a good few podiums this year, so we might have to allow him to join in on it. (laughs) (laughs) There's kind of a hashtag that we started on Instagram, really. It's just like we share a good few sponsors as well, so I guess it works for that. Yeah, it's cool. And uh, do you you enjoy that side of things, that kind of social side of things with Instagram and Facebook and all that? Yeah, definitely. I think it's just even to use it as a memory bank like it's interesting to look back on it and see all the things that you've done and like it's it's a well good way of basically cashing in on all those memories so yeah very good very good now you're sponsored by Kona Bikes um how long have you been riding for them yeah so I think I the process range when the process range came out I was on it for the first year, so like I've had one of all of those bikes, so it's been, I'd say, five years now. I'd say this is my fifth year, so like they've pretty much been there since the start, and they're really supportive. So like they understand all through school that like education is as important, and like there's no real pressure. Like all the pressure I put on myself, it's it's coming from me. It's not really coming from them, so that's nice. Mm-hmm. yeah very good and how did that come about how did you manage to to do that um from the beginning i guess um kona work on they have like this grassroots program and it came through mbw bike shop it's my column bike works it's in galway and i don't know i guess it just picked up from the racing really like we were really friendly with gary and he was really helpful like i don't think without him we would have really got started at all and then we kind of just moved on from the grassroots program and got to know like Kona themselves. Like it's a really small company and it's 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 really chill. Like it's good vibes and like the guys, the owners. Like we've met them multiple times and they're just really nice, normal people. So I think it's a really good company to be riding for. Yeah, it's cool. And what kind of support do they give you? Um, at the moment, it's just my bike support and. That's pretty much it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but it's it's really nice to have that. It's really nice to have a team like that or to have a a, a sponsor like that that you really get on with and, and um, you you really like. And how are their bikes? I suppose you really do like their bikes, obviously. Yeah, like 100%. Like I've been there from the start and it's pretty much all I know and I've never had a problem with it. Like they're just like amazing. And this year I've moved up to the 29er um the process 153 i was riding last year they introduced a 29 inch version so it's pretty much the same bike that i was riding last year just with the bigger wheels and so far i'm loving it like i had the it's called the 111 a few years back but um it was only 120 when i travel and it just i didn't find it was enough for me but i still really love the bike so this year like i i'm still getting used to it and still getting to know it i haven't had it for too long but so far so good and i just love it so Mm-hmm. is that carbon or is it aluminium uh yeah carbon carbon okay and what travel has it um 160 all ah, right so chunky <laughs> enough yeah <laughs> cool um very good is there anybody else sponsors you helps you along yeah there's a good few we've got um spin 11 it's a custom clothing company an irish company helping us um make our kits and they've just been like really helpful we've been running them now that's our second season and like it's 
custom clothing so you design we help design our own jerseys they've been helping us and it's just it's amazing like having what you want and it's allowed me to have the tricolor on my sleeve as well I've wanted it for years but I never made my own jersey so I couldn't get it and it's like it's just become a thing and everyone recognized it and it's really good and we've got some other ones like we're we've got G Farm the protection like mm-hmm. knee pads and stuff and through Extra UK um, we have Crank Brothers and Ergon and then I've got some this year I've got obviously um, the University of Limerick helping me and we've had to source some outside support as well and people have been really helpful so I've KWD Recycling and the Credit Union as well so there's plenty. <laughs> Aye, very good no that's great to see that support um, and I think it helps more than just you know with a financial support or anything but I think for your motivation and mentally it helps as well that you, you have these people behind you and, and you know they're they're happy to help you and you have that support so you're doing something right. Yeah and it's just like it's nice to get like emails from people like that just like they recognize it and like without their stuff like their stuff is helping me like if I didn't have all that stuff I probably wouldn't be where I am at either so it's all really helpful. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And do they expect anything back from you? Is there anything, is it written in contract? How does it work? Yeah, so I've got some contracts, but like nothing's too major. Like it's all stuff that you'd be kind of doing yourself. Like obviously I'm wearing all that stuff or have all that stuff for my bike. And just anytime I get pictures, like it's obviously all there. And I tag them on Instagram and they're in all my pictures and like maybe send them back reports and stuff like that it's it's pretty easy like it's nothing too major mm-hmm. yeah well, that's good that's good they don't want to be putting a lot of pressure on you I suppose you have enough pressure when you get up to the top of that that trail huh? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so let's chat a wee bit uh, just before I, I let you go I, I know um, the time's getting on a wee bit here but um, just let's chat about girls and, and mountain biking and young girls wanting to get into mountain biking if you don't mind um, because I think any young girl out there that's keen to get into bike and maybe keen to get into racing, they're obviously looking up to somebody like you. Um, and I suppose you see that maybe at some of the races and stuff, young, the young girls coming up and asking advice from you and stuff. So how do you think it's best for the young ones to get involved in mountain biking? Um, well, I guess like if like for me, it was pretty easy as in like my family was already into it, but I think, a lot of the people like people are very supportive and if you get going at all like just ask for advice like don't be afraid to ask people or like talk to people I think you learn so much like you're going to learn a lot more from other people than like you're going it's going to take you a long time to figure out that stuff yourself so I think ask and don't be afraid to ask and go different places I think like I've been to a lot of places like even just races like it does bring you around the country and I think it all helps like yeah, and do you think your local club has helped a lot as well? Yeah, 100%. Like, I've been in that club, Team Belly Horror, since the start, and, like, it's it's so supportive. And, like, you've some place to go back to, like, you people to not even train with, like, just go on a spin with people to chat to. And, like, you go out on a spin, like, while we don't think we're not training or we're not trying to go faster, like, you just do. Like, we get to the top and it's who's going to go first and like no one's going to leave a nice polite gap and let you go down like there's going to be someone up behind you roaring at you or like it's just all crack but it really helps like I think you need those spins out by yourself but I think like being out with a group just it really helps you progress as well so yeah and I suppose any young person that's wanting to get into it or if their parents are trying to get them more involved or something clubs are probably the best place to go because they have all the networks they have the people that know how things work you can travel as a club you can do all that i suppose that helps as well yeah definitely like and there's always going to be people in the same situation as you like somebody will know somebody else who wants to do the same things or is getting into it as well and i think just hook up with the right people and you're going to be sorted (laughs) yeah that's right that's right um now, just another question about um, 
media and stuff like that, really. So you're at the top end of the under-21s. Do you think the juniors and the under-21s get enough media coverage? Do you think that is out there enough? No, I don't. Um, I think, like, it's a bit, it's definitely under-recognised. Like, I know, like, we've had, like, Killian Callaghan. He's Irish. He's world champion. And, like, I don't think many people know about that. Mm. Like, I mean, if it was elite, everyone would know. Like, I don't even know how much went out about that, like, from the World Enduro point of view. Like, there's videos come out at the end of each race, and, like, I know they try to keep them short, and, like, you can't fit in everything, but, like, there's nothing. Like, there is no posts or no video coverage, so it's pretty much up to yourself, like, to to do all that. Like, all the exposure is left up to you. I kind of understand where they're coming from, but I think there could be more like and you do see the photographers now they are trying to help like they are coming out earlier onto the track because the under 21s are quite often they're out a lot earlier than the elites so before the photographers wouldn't even be out on the track so early in the morning but like this year now and the end of last year like they were out so like all that helps like if you have good photos and good coverage like it's a lot easier to put that out yourself than without them so it's going in the right direction but i think it's still long way to go yeah for sure and you can understand the issues with that you can only do so much and you have only so much time and it's expensive to put stuff out there but you know the juniors and the under 21s they're the up and coming racers of the elites you know they're the future of the whole thing so you would think someday that Killian would at least have got some exposure you know yeah like and I think people don't understand is like they're still putting in work like it's not it's not all just being handed to you like very often like like I'm full-on privateer like most of us are and I think in a way like that's a a challenge in itself and you go to the trouble and you succeed and like become a world champion and possibly don't get anything from it and I think maybe a bit more recognition but you can see the other side of it too so it's hard to find a balance I think (laughs) yeah yeah for sure all right cool now what's the future planned for you leah um have you got anything bar your racing planned in the near future have you any trips planned just just more social trips for the, on the bike or anything um no i think this year um focus is kind of on racing because that's about as much budget as i have and like going to all the world enduros but i think there might be a few days either side of those where we can maybe hit a few bike parks with no kind of special trips or anything yeah so you're totally focused on the on the racing this year yeah pretty much that's cool that's very good that's very good so how can people uh follow you and get in touch and see what you're doing on socials and stuff where's the best place to find you i guess instagram it's just at liam Ansel. that's pretty simple (laughs) (laughs) that's cool um so people can reach out there and get in touch and um, it's been awesome to have you on thanks so much for coming on the podcast uh, and chatting to us it's been great to have you on the show cheers thanks for having me it's been a pleasure thanks folks that's a wrap for episode 90 I hope you enjoyed that Leah thanks so much for coming on the show I really do appreciate you coming on the podcast and having a chat with us and sharing your story and what you've planned for this season etc and um, good luck with that you're doing so so well so I hope everything keeps going in the right direction for you and we see you um, in the elites next year which will be awesome to watch so well done and uh, good luck for the rest of the season Folks, if you want to know a wee bit more about Leah and what she's got up to, there's some links in the show notes to video and stuff that Leah has done. Um, You can just go to www.mtb-tribe.com and you'll find uh, all the links there, just short links and quick access to Leah's Instagram and social accounts and things like that. So just check out Leah's episode. It's episode number 90 and uh, you will find all the info you want there. So thanks so much for listening. And if you want to support the show, the best way is by subscribing and rating, reviewing us on Apple Podcasts. Every one of your ratings helps boost us on Apple's crazy algorithms and uh, helps spread the good word about the show to more people. If you're not on Apple, don't worry. You can find us and subscribe via Stitcher, Spotify and Podbean. Uh, We also have a website, mtb-tribe.com, where you can find 
complete back catalogue there. Listen and download every show from there. You can search through. If anything catches your fancy, you can listen to it directly from the website. There's no issues. Now, you can also subscribe there and get one email per week with a quick and easy link to the show, just with a short synopsis of who's going to be on the show and what to expect from that episode. Just simply go to mtb-tribe.com, go to the subscribe page and just fill in your email there. Now, you can also get involved on social medias. We are at MTB Tribe on Instagram and Facebook. Take screenshots there, share with friends, share the show out. It's much appreciated. It's the best way to get more people listening to the podcast and hopefully get more people on the saddles. It's just simply by sharing the show on your socials and hopefully people will tune in and uh, hear the goodies we have on offer. So thanks so much, folks. Thanks for tuning in and listening this week. I will be back with you next week for another episode of the MTV Tribe podcast. Until then, keep the pedals pushing and have a good weekend.